Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. God, in His grace, change this. Amen. Could I hear an amen somewhere in the house? So you say, well, what is Rahab doing in there? That just shows us our God's a God of grace. He had it all worked out. She was part of the plan. And I love that about God because Rahab will take small steps of faith. Don't doubt God's love for every Jesus came for the whole world. When people have been saved for a while and have let God clean up their lives from the sinful ways they've been living, it's sometimes easy for them to look down on lost people, especially when someone with a rough way of living comes to Jesus. The more polished believers can treat the new Christ followers with disdain. In Pastor Mark's teaching today, he'll be talking about someone in the Hebrews Hall of Faith who might be a surprise to you you'll be reminded of God's love for every person and his ability to take the most unlikely people and redeem them and make them his followers. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Hebrews chapter 11 as he continues his message, The Faith of Joshua and Rahab. Now look at verse 3. God's ways are not our ways. We hear that all the time. You're definitely going to see that. So that's where faith really comes in. Like, this doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't matter. God's ways are not our ways. Now look at verse 3. Here we go. God says to Joshua, Now march around the city once with all the armed men and do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, March around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound the long blast of the trumpets, have all the people give a loud shout. And then the wall of the city will collapse and the people will go up and every man straight in. Now, if you're there and Joshua comes to you with his plan. Joshua, where have you been last night? You've been out in the vineyard, Joshua? You've been eating them grapes, the ones that fell on the wayside for a while. I mean, stop and think about this. You're going to walk around the wall. You're going to get thousands of people to walk around the wall. For seven days, on the seventh day, seven times, and then all the rest we'll see. Well, it doesn't make any sense at all. How in the world could that happen? Why did God do this? For obedience and for steps of faith and to remind us he's God and we're not. Now, what if Joshua had not sought God in his will? What if he'd simply gone out with the army and tried to battle his own? Well, you already know. 
You can't be self-sufficient. We have to be God-dependent. Write that down because you're going to hear me say that a lot. You cannot live self-sufficient, but you must live God-dependent. Self-sufficient will not do it. That is not what Christianity is about. It's God-dependent. Big difference in our life. We're already reminded that Joshua went and he heard the Lord. He had a quiet time. He went out to try to get his mind together, and that's where God met him. See, he took time to go out, and God met him and encouraged him and told him how things were going to go. Now, hearing and reading God's word result in Joshua having faith. When Joshua heard this, he had faith. It was the word of God. He had faith to go and tell the people, this is the battle plan. This is how it's going to happen. So you know this by heart, but sometimes we miss it. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The reason Joshua had faith, because he heard God, He heard the word of God coming from God himself. That's why you and I need to be in the word. Even as I'm teaching it, your faith will be raised. Because some of the things that God's going to do in your life, as he does in all of ours, he's going to work the situation out in a way you would never imagine. And that just causes us to be more dependent on God because his ways are amazing. Now, whatever battle plan that Joshua was working on was trumped By God's plan. Thus, Joshua would simply submit to God's perfect plan. God was making it clear that the battle wasn't going to be on Joshua's kind of great battle wisdom. But it was going to be on the obedience and the faith that Joshua would have. You know the scripture. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't depend on your own understanding. Seek his will. That's what Joshua is going to do. And all you do, he will show you which path. Verse 7, sometimes we don't quote. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. No wisdom would have said, okay, march around the wall seven times. The people had to have laughed inside as they watched this happening. It made no sense at all to do that. Here's something I want you to understand. You never have to understand God's commands to obey them. You just obey them. When God says it in the word, you don't have to understand it. You just obey it. These people don't understand it. It doesn't make a bit of sense to them. That's where faith comes. If God says it, it's true. To the world, that makes no sense at all. When God designed marriage, here's how he did it. Boom, boom, boom. Here's the family. Boom, boom, boom. You don't have to understand that. Well, why'd God do it? Why'd God set up the church like this? You don't have to worry about that. Just obey him. Why worship? Why teach all the word? Because God said so. He knew it. You weren't there at the beginning. If you were, it wouldn't have done any good anyway, because you'd have been Adam and Eve, and you'd have done your own thing, just like they did. See, they were what? Self-sufficient and not what? God-dependent. So don't worry about it. Just do it. Now, I'm not talking about something that comes to you in the middle of the night. It's this weird plan, and it goes against the Bible. Hello. You were out in the graveyard. Don't go there. It's got to be in the Word of God. When God says something in His Word, we don't have to really understand it. We simply obey it. Now, as the people obey God's instructions, I want you to think about this now. You're the people getting ready to walk around the wall. You think you'd have said anything to anybody? As you're getting ready to walk, 
You had to walk out if you're there. I want you to turn to your neighbor. I want you to tell him what you would have said in line. Go ahead. Just, just tell him what you said. Go ahead. This is another whole sermon in itself right here. I mean, <laughs> thousands of people. Anybody hear any kind of a common theme? Like, with Joshua. This is crazy. This will never work. They're going to laugh at us. And what do you tell your children? Just get in line. (laughs) Okay, now we laughed at that. That's day one. How about day two? Is it getting better? Tell me. You know people, don't you? You are one. It's not getting better. Day seven. I don't know whether Justin told him up front. Hopefully he did. But maybe he didn't wait to. Now today we're going to do it seven times. Not turn your neighbor. No, don't turn your neighbor. But see, when you see the doubt that's happening, that's not strange. That's us. And so for sure, all of us, when God says to do something, we've doubted it. All of us have done that. We doubt when we face a situation that simply doesn't make sense. God, why are you doing here? Many people think that doubt is the opposite of faith, but it really isn't. Unbelief is the opposite of faith. Unbelief refers to a willful refusal to believe, while doubt just is thinking, I'm going to do it, but it doesn't make sense to me. Here's what I want you to write. When doubting, Act on your faith, not on your doubts. One pastor says this, don't you think that all these great heroes of the faith had their doubts? Of course they did. They didn't know in advance how everything was going to come out. But they took a deep breath, decided to trust God, and they acted on their faith and not on their doubts. Do the same thing and your faith will continually grow stronger. Now, during those seven days, Joshua... Maybe in spite of his own doubts, challenge the people to obey God. You see, one person's faith can challenge thousands to step out. That's what a leader is. When a leader hears from God, that's how we started this church. Didn't make any sense really to me to come and start the church, quit pharmacy, all the stuff, the things that we were doing, whatever. But, you know, God put it on our hearts and we did it. We continue to do it. So do you. So no doubt as they marched, people laughed, the enemy laughed, but these same people, the generation before, had heard about the Red Sea. They themselves had crossed the Jordan on dry ground, so they had a history with God. And this is another thing I want to challenge you with. You hear me talk about history a lot, but it's huge for us as far as building our faith. Notice next what you want to write. Personal history with God should increase our faith for tomorrow. Because the same God who was with us when he came through the last time is with you now. So there's no change. In fact, it should be easier for us. Now, go back, if you will, to Hebrews chapter 11. We'll be back and forth in a moment. Just keep your finger there where you are, kind of near Joshua. Hebrews 11.30. By faith... 
after they did this on the seventh day, seven times around. By the way, understand what happened. They had seven days of waiting. Some of you are in the waiting. They had seven days of waiting. They had seven days of walking. And this is a hard one. I won't say who it's for. They had seven days of no talking. That's what the Bible says. They couldn't talk. So when those seven days are up, what is that? That's God's timing. Nothing's happening. It's God building our faith. Well, look at 1130, Hebrews 1130. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell. By how? By faith. What was their faith? Obedience. After the people had marched around them for seven days. We know that God worked his plan and the walls came down and the city was simply taken. All this happened one way, faith. Do they still understand it today? No. Did it happen? Yes. The people actually believed God's plan would work. In the Bible, often seven symbolizes completeness and perfection. There were seven priests, seven trumpets, seven days, seven circuits on the wall on the seventh day. God's plan was perfect. Here's what I want you to write. Real faith, you heard it already, is proved by obedience. You and I can't say we're people of faith if we're going to doubt and don't follow through. So let me ask you, I'm not sure who God's speaking to, but I know he's speaking to some of us in this specific area. Are there any walls that need to come down in your life? There's a wall that's in front of you. You're not sure what to do with it. Remember, the battle is always in the mind. Don't try to argue with God about the plan. Simply acknowledge his plan is better than the plan you have and walk it out. Wait, his timing, his walking, talk with him, and the walls will come down. Well, there's another whole aspect in that chapter that we're going to cover next. Look at verse 31. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. Most of you know the story of Rahab. We'll go through it very quickly. But let me just say something to you. Let me ask you a question. What in the world is a prostitute a pagan, a full-on sinner, later we'll see a liar, what is she doing in chapter 11? The hall of faith. What's with God? Well, when I wrote that, I wrote this. What are you doing here? (laughs) And what am I doing here? As Ephesians chapter 2 says, once we were dead in our trespasses and sins. And we walk the way the world walked. But God, in his grace, changed us. Amen? Could I hear an amen somewhere in the house? So you say, well, what is Rahab doing in there? That just shows us our God's a God of grace. He had it all worked out. She was part of the plan. And I love that about God. Because Rahab will take small steps of faith. Don't doubt God's love. For every, Jesus came for the whole world. And we have to be careful we don't kind of isolate ourselves. Now, let's go back to Joshua chapter 2. And you'll see a little bit of this amazing, amazing story. 
that Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from Shittim. Go look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab, and they stayed there. And the king of Jericho was told, look, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So this is before Joshua, what we just read, how he conquered it. Now, why does Joshua send out two spies? Joshua has history. Joshua was one of the 12 spies that earlier went out. You remember? Only Joshua and Caleb came back with a good report. So maybe, maybe he learned something. So he only sends two spies because he and Caleb are the only two that had faith. And remember what happened when the 10 came back? They said, no, we're not going to go in there. So what did that cause Joshua to do? 40 years of wasted time. 40 years and a whole generation. Every generation died 20 and under. Every person died 20 and under. So Joshua goes, we're not going there. Now, these Jewish spies tried to get lost in this big city. But you'll see the enemy already knew about God. They already knew about Israel. And so they went to a house, because sometimes we say, what kind of spies are these? I mean, they're not going to the Motel 6. They're going to, you know, it's the ranch out in Las Vegas. What happens in Las Vegas stays in Las Vegas. Well, the reason they're going there, because in those days, the merchants would stop at a house where there was lots of prostitution. Of course, it would be an eating place and whatever. So they're trying to get lost in the crowd because they're, uh, of course, afraid. But God directed them there also. I don't believe it was just that. God knew that Rahab was there. Now, God had been doing something in her heart. Of course, these men certainly wouldn't know that. He knew her heart was open to him. And... Secondly, she would be instrumental in this victory over Jericho. Plus, her house was in a neat place. It was on the wall. It was an easy escape place. Now, verse 3. So they're trying to hide, but the king finds that they're there and knows they're in Rahab's house. So the king of Jericho sent this text message to Rahab. Bring out the men who have come to you And entered your house because they've come to spy out the whole land. Somehow, we don't know how it happened, Facebook picture, something, whatever. Anyway, the king knows that they're there. Now look at verse 4. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. She said, yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they had come from. At dusk. When it was time to close the city gate, the men left. I didn't know which way they went. Go after them quickly. You may catch up with them. Verse 6. But really, she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them under the stalks of flax that she had laid out on the roof. Verse 7. So the men, the enemy, set on a pursuit of the spies on the roads that lead to the fords of the Jordan. And as soon as the pursuers had gone out, the gate was shut. Now, what did Rahab do? Well, she told three little lies. They were little white lies. No, she told three what? She told three lies. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you think God could have fulfilled his plan without lying? Yes. Why would God say, do not lie, but you're going to have to lie so my plan can work? 
course he could. But what do we see here? Understand who you're talking about. Rahab. Does she know anything about lying yet? No, she does not. You have to understand the grace of God. God for sure could have worked a plan without it. But he used it. It wasn't right. You never see anywhere where this is, oh, that's the right. I can't get out of this situation. Better lie about it. Rahab did. As a Christian, no, you can't do that. Now, just think. Families, people come to the altar in our churches on a weekend, and they go into the prayer room. Do they know how to now live morally? If they've never been introduced to the Bible, say no. They're clueless. Where do you think a young couple getting saved in this church who knows nothing about the Bible, where do you think they're clueless about? Getting drunk, cheating, lying if you need to. How about sleeping together? Think they're clueless? Hello, am I talking to absentee people here or what? Do you think they're clueless? Yes, they're totally clueless. I can tell you that from doing premarital counseling with many couples. They knew adultery was wrong, but they never in their wildest imagination thought it was wrong to sleep together. Well, why would they think that way? What television program do you watch? Every program says it's okay. So see, understand, they need to be what? Taught. You don't teach them by condemning them. You teach them by encouraging them with the word of God. So be careful how judgmental you are for a new believer. This is what happened to Rahab. Rahab doesn't know anything about God. She doesn't know anything about the covenant. She certainly doesn't know anything about the Ten Commandments. So God used it, but of course, he didn't need to use it, but it just happened that way. Now look at verse 8. Before the spies lay down for the night, she went up to the roof. And she said to them, watch this. This is amazing. I know that the Lord has given this land to you. She seems to have more faith than some of the Israelites. I know that the Lord, the Lord has given this land to you. And that a great fear of you has fallen on us, so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. Oh, that that would happen in our nation. One of the reasons it doesn't happen, we're not praying people. Be praying. Now, this is important. Sometimes when we read this, we go right by it. Listen, verse 10. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt. Stop there for a moment. When was that? That's 40 years ago. Now, think about that. 40 years ago, they knew that God. And then, of course, then there's a little battle here that's closer. 40 years ago. The enemy remembers it. Sometimes we don't remember it, what God's done. In his teaching today, Pastor Mark taught about the qualities that followers of God need to have in their lives. You learned how Joshua spent time alone waiting to hear from God, and then when he heard from God, he did what God said to do. Pastor Mark told you that you don't have to understand what God wants to do. You just need to be obedient to his instruction. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian, and Vieira. 
all campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. Next time, Pastor Mark will finish this message, The Faith of Joshua and Rahab. You'll hear about the seemingly crazy thing that God wanted the Israelites to do before he would provide a way into the walled city of Jericho. You'll also get some insight into the reality of spiritual warfare that occurs when you're challenged to trust God and exercise your faith. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series called Faith, the Lifestyle that Pleases God. That's next time on Lessons for Living. in a hurry.